What's going on, guys? This is Rob Doster here. I want to let you know about our sponsors, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about them yet, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. I know because all of our 28 podcasts on the field of 68 and the field of 12 use Anchor by Spotify. It has the tools that will allow you to record and edit your pods right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute anywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places that allow you to listen to podcasts for absolutely free. Anchor sends those pods directly to the feeds. And here's the best part about it. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm if you want to get started on your own podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Doster and Deshaun podcast. We tried something a little bit different today. We are using an app called the Locker Room app uh, to do some post-game stuff and do some late-night stuff. And we are going to take the audio from those streams and drop them directly into the podcast feed. If you want to take part, it's interactive. It's great because we can bring other people into the conversation as well. It acts a little bit like... Uh, sports radio more than a podcast does it's very interactive um, and it's something that i do like and i do enjoy so go and grab that locker room app if you want to be able to take part you can hear the conversation coming up uh, just as soon as i let you know about DraftKings sportsbook the official odds provider of the field of 68 media network the 2021 basketball season is here college basketball has been off and running for a month the nba started on tuesday night and DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has rolled out another one of their can't-miss offers to celebrate. Trying DraftKings Sportsbook is easy, so what are you waiting for? Get in on all of the action now. To celebrate the return of hoops, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new players 101 odds on any featured matchup this week. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any featured matchup this week, and if your team wins, you cash $100. We are all excited about the return of hoops, but let's not forget the football playoffs are right around the corner. So head to the app to check out all of DraftKings daily odds boosts. DraftKings is safe, it's secure, it's reliable, and they make it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. I can verify this because I've been using it for the last two years and every time I make a little bit of cash, I like to pull it out so I don't make dumb bets. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code FIELD68. That's promo code FIELD68 when you sign up to get 101 odds on any featured matchup this week. That's code FIELD68 for new players to get a shot at $100 on any featured matchup this week. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Now, let's get into the podcast. Yeah, so let's let's just jump into it right now, man, while we wait for, uh, for Jeff Hawkins to get here. My name is Rob Doster. Um, I'm the host uh, the co-host of the Doster and Deshaun podcast in the field of 68 Media Network. I got with me the one and only Deshaun Butler, a former All-American at West Virginia. Uh, we are waiting on Jeff Hawkins, um, a point guard from uh, from Kansas. Um, and we are going to talk a little bit about what we just saw on uh, Kansas. Whooping up on your Mountaineers there, Deshaun. It wasn't very good. 
Yeah, I mean, these these things happen. <laughs> That's literally all I have to say about that. I mean, uh, Kansas came out and they shot the ball. Absolutely ball. unbelievable. Oh, we got Hawkins. He's here. here we go. Hey, there what's he up, is. guys? What's going on? Oh, nothing much, man. I was trying to get this figured out, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no you're good. You're good. It's our, it's our, for everyone listening, like this is the first time that we've uh, – We've tried to do is we're trying something new. We're seeing if it works. Um, and if it does, cool. If it doesn't, then, well, we look like idiots. But it is what it is. So um, <laughs> I think it's going to so work, that, though, man. I think it's going to work. It's a nice little tool. Same. It's cool. Same. All right. So uh, so um, what we saw tonight was, uh, uh, Hawk, because I was just kind of recapping everybody on on uh, on what happened and introducing Deshaun. Jeff is the host of the Rock Chalk Jayhawk podcast on the Field of 68 Media Network that, of course, covers uh, Kansas. And I think we should open the floor to you, uh, Jeff. Grammarly. Uh, Jayhawks came out um, and, and uh, they started shooting well, man. That was impressive. I, 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 did you expect that kind of shooting performance out of them? No. Uh, I mean, it, they're, they're always capable, capable of it at home. Um, but, you know, you didn't expect them to come out and make, you know, 16, 16 threes. They shot a lot of them. 30, they shot 37 threes uh, tonight. So that was that was a lot on their list. And obviously um, uh, some of those, they, they got a couple offensive rebounds, which to, uh, allowed them to keep shooting those threes. But uh, they're a team that can get hot. Um, they did shoot a lot of those threes. But um, like I said, they're a team that can definitely stretch the stretch, of D, especially if they're playing at home as well, too. Not as much energy. Uh, we're not having full capacity fans, but I'm still, I'm sure they still felt the energy. Yeah. From the well, fans I, could attend. You mentioned that they kept shooting threes. I thought it was because uh, they kept getting open threes. It felt yeah, like. They did. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. They were open threes, man. And I mean, I mean, as a coach, you kind of take, I mean, you can live by that. If they're getting open, open looks. And I mean, obviously if you're going to, you know, get those open looks. That's what you practice for, you know, getting the ball from side to side. And that's one of the things that was uh, – the ball was moving. It wasn't like they were just coming down taking, you know, uh, shots on the first side. You know, it was getting to the second and third side, and there were some open looks. Yeah, and a lot of that I think was down to the zone. So, Deshaun, what you, – you played for Huggy Bear. Have you ever seen him go zone like this before? And, and do you think that he made – I don't want you to criticize your guy. I know that's your guy. But like, I don't understand why you would go zone against a team that has uh, that has that many good shooters and that many good passers on it. Just – I don't know. I didn't I didn't understand that one. Well, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, we have uh, – when I played, especially, we did run zone a ton. We, uh, we, we loved our half-court man-to-man, but we did throw in zone sometimes when things weren't going well. But we didn't play a compact one three one. I feel like this was like a compact type of one three one zone they played, and they didn't get in the passing lane at all. They were on the they were in help side completely to the point where skip passes were being thrown, and there was no there was no chance of close closeouts happening. It was um and also passes are being whipped from side to side without uh you know uh, a lot pass being really thrown as much. Um, it was. Uh, it wasn't what I thought it was. I, I was shocked to see the zone pop up, but then when I started seeing wide open threes being taken with no contested, like no one contesting them, it was a. Uh, it was alarming early, <laughs> and then it, and then it was a reason for it being alarming after you see them knock down sixteen threes. Like it was. Uh, it was a, a great game. I was. I was happy to see. Sean shoot. It was a little bit of full. Yeah. 
McNeil came out there and shot the ball great, and he had it for a while. A little fool's gold in that scenario to turn around and look on the other side and see Brown knocking down six threes, seeing Marcus Garrett. I didn't see Marcus Garrett uh, be this aggressive like the past two games. Yeah. He came out there <laughs> aggressive. and I, This is what I expected him to do this year. I just didn't want him to do it against my my alumni. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was uh, – it, it sucked to see the, the guys get destroyed like this. But, I mean, if you don't guard, you don't yeah. rebound, and you don't get – and other guys don't get involved in the game. Like the only guy that was really involved besides McNeil was McBride. And – the other guys just got taken out of it. Yeah. Hey, Deshaun, yeah. you said something. You said something real key, man. Like, if they didn't guard, and I'm talking more, you know, West Virginia, and you know, that kind of shocked me to even. I mean, I know all teams, you know, and you know, they go zone at some point in time. You know, Coach Self, you know, he likes to play man, but you know, at, at some point in time, they go zone. But the thing that got me, I didn't expect West Virginia because when I think West Virginia, I wasn't able to play them because that was past my time. I mean, uh, you guys got in the conference a little bit later. But yeah. from watching, man, and I, I've always loved Huggy Bear teams, man. But they guard, man, and they get after it. And uh, from you know, from a, from watching West Virginia over the years, man, that's would be one of the things that I'm like, oh man, here come West Virginia. You know, they're gonna pick you up full court. They're gonna trap you. Exactly. Get after you defensively. And um, I was just waiting to see, you know, when Huggy Bear was gonna release those guys and let them let them guard like that. Yeah, I I just said I was a caught off guard with our man to man tonight. But then again, I didn't expect how can I put it? You play against a good team. Kansas is a really good team. So I d- defensively you're gonna have some slip ups against guys that are good as like Jalen yeah. Wilson and, and Brown and, and, and Abaji. So like you can't expect <laughs> to contain these guys one on one. But when they were just going anywhere they wanted to and we had to go to the zone and the zone wasn't the answer either, and then the three yeah. started raining. And offensive rebounds, it, it was West Virginia. I love my team, but we're not – we're a good team, but we're not that good to rely on one person to score the basketball or two people to score the basketball. I feel like we need a more well-rounded scoring front, and we got nothing from our bigs. McCormack basically, like, was a defensive presence and offensive presence at times in the first half. Then after that, they kind of stretched the court out with the three-point shooting to the point where – they got an offensive rebound. They were kicking out passes. Uh, Brown had all kinds of assists. It was great Kansas basketball, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, actually, and that, and that brings me to a point. Right, there we go. Yeah. I got cut out, fellas. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I got cut out. No, no, you're good. Uh, this actually um, brings up a point that I wanted to ask you about, Jeff. Um, there, there's a question from Sean Coleman in the chat who said, I feel Kansas' ability from three is underestimated, and that is what is making them so dangerous. Um, and and it actually, I think it brings up a point because I do think that we saw uh, what what the Jayhawks' ceiling can be um, in this game. You know, the the whole idea of uh, playing Jalen Wilson at the four means you get those four guys that are shooters, that yeah. are playmakers, that are all kind of like the same size that can be switchable to a point um, that kind of uh, allow you to play. I mean, you got. Your 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 point guard quote unquote was Marcus Garrett, who's what six five and two twenty, yeah. and your power yeah. forward is Jalen Wilson, who's like six eight two twenty. So you got all these switchable guys, all these playmakers, all of whom can knock down threes, all playing around to David McCormick, who today like was actually really good. You know when, when you yeah tell, for sure yeah when you tell McCormick like go get offensive rebounds, get the ball and go straight up and score like right in front of the rim. Stop with this fadeaway stuff. Stop with this like 
shake and bake, try to do the dream shake, and, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the jump hook, <laughs> and just tell him to go to the rim and finish through people. Like, he's good. So put all those shooters around him. Like, I, I feel like that we saw what Kansas can be at their absolute best today. Yeah, and, you know, when they when they lock in like that, like, I mean, again, they got shooters, and obviously if you do go four out, one in, putting Jalen at the, the four, that, I mean, because all four, one through four can, can definitely shoot threes, and I mean, depending on – and they're still waiting on, you know, Inaruda to come around. You know, when he comes around, he's a uh, – I mean, even if they had him at the five, if he can learn to, to defend the five, I mean, you know, that's five shooters that you can put out that feel comfortable, you know, shooting behind uh three-point line. And, you know, McCormick played big. I think if, if he can continue to have an out – or, excuse me, an inside presence, then that's going to allow those guys who are shooters to be able to spot up, find those gaps to get, to get, get looks if he's definitely having a presence because, you know, he had – I think eleven rebounds today. I think that might be yeah. his uh, his high for the season. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things that he was struggling with was rebounding. But they got some guys that can definitely shoot it. And uh, you know, I know Bryce Thompson is definitely waiting to to kind of feel his get his mojo. But he's a guy that 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 that'll shoot with confidence as well too. So if they if they're hitting, man, they're obviously going to have some confidence. But they're a team that can definitely be underestimated as far as shooting the three. Yeah, very much so. You can you, and you see that tonight. <laughs> yeah. They were left open for some reason, and they made threes. Hey, Rob, I I have a question I want to ask you. Do you do you feel like when you play against a team like this, like I I personally do feel like this though, but if you play against a team like Kansas, you have to be ready to make adjustments on the quarter and the fly, like your players. Kansas did a ton of switching tonight. There were times I saw in the game where. Uh, Culver got the ball and he was trying to post up McCormack and Oscar Shiba uh, had, I think McCormack on him once and he tried to post him up. But then there were many times where Shiba and Culver had um, who, who Garrett on their, on their back or, or, or Baji on their back because the Kansas was switching all over the place and pro basketball. I mean, you see a switch and you're running a set. You got what you wanted. Yeah, you made them switch. Now, like you have this big and a guard on you, you walk them down, you set up, you post up. Then you can do the things that West Virginia normally does anyway with high low and all that, all that stuff. I was shocked to see that, like I told you before, like with the Gonzaga game and with Corey Kisper, how they just didn't take advantage of the switching or the mismatches that they get. Because, I mean, if we don't count, like. Sean shot the ball great tonight. McNeil shot the ball great tonight. But if he's not shooting the ball, we expect Culver and and uh, and Shibway to do a ton of the lifting from missed shots and rebounds. You know, so if they're going to do a ton of the heavy lifting, then we have to find ways to get these guys the ball. I feel like they didn't do a good job of uh, playing on the fly, finding mismatches and exploiting those mismatches. And then, I mean, if you're going to let the guards guard bigs and not get the bigs the ball, I mean. Kansas yeah. doesn't really have to guard anybody at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, I definitely agree with you because I think they should have gotten um, – Culver, to me, was the guy that seemed like he always had a mismatch, right? It never seemed like they were, were trying to get him any of those duckings. It, it felt like, especially early in the second half, um, they kept running sets to try to get high lows into uh, into Big Sheep. And yeah. a couple times, like they got it one time and he missed a layup. They got it another time and he scored over McCormick and then – they tried it one more time, and I can't remember who it was, but but they threw the inbound or the uh, the um, the pass into the post got stolen, and it, it felt yeah, like yeah, was a freshman, that, yeah, they, it, yeah, it felt like they kind of went away from it after that, and I thought that that was something they they could take advantage of, and you know the the whole thing is 
when you have two teams where one is going to have play really big at the four and one is going to play kind of small at the four, it's who ends up winning that matchup right matchup, there. Matchup, exactly, yeah. Rob. Who, who makes you adjust? And it was and Kansas was the one that forced West Virginia to go zone and then forced West, West Virginia to, to try to play small because they couldn't really deal with, um, with, with what Kansas was doing uh, offensively. I don't know. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I just – I don't know. I thought that, that West Virginia would do better in that part of the matchup. Yeah. I thought they would do their part. Like the things that they yeah. normally do, I thought they would do well. And then when Kansas came at them early, punched them in the mouth, and kind of made them readjust to what they were doing, it was it's, – it's never good. When a good team like that can predict – like not predict, but uh, impose their will in the game that early, will what, like make you adjust, make you change up what you're doing. I, I hadn't seen that zone at all. In the what six seven games? What was it? Like I haven't seen yeah. that zone once. Yeah, you know, that that remember. first half, that first half from West Virginia was real. I mean, they may have got punched a little bit early, but you know they fought back and started punching. You know, towards the end of that first half, and obviously, you know, they went up one point with that that three that might have might have been. I didn't get to see it, but I know McNeil, McNeil was uh, definitely wanting a uh, yeah, a M1, one, right? yeah an <laughs> one. But you know they you know they they fought back, man, and you know I came out. Uh, I was thinking second half, like man, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a dog fight, man. You know, it's gonna be a dog fight, and um, obviously, you know, Kansas, you know, came out on fire, and obviously, um, you know, playing in a, a zone in a situation like that is, is, you know, as a shooter, man, like you know, when you see a zone, man, you just your yep. eyes just light up because you know yep. it's gonna be so many, <laughs> and that's something you really can't do with Kansas too, because of allowing those shooters to just really get their feet set and. And I mean, for anybody to be able to get their feet set when 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 you're in a zone, because uh, it's always at some point in time going to be two guys. If you're doing it the right way, it's going to be two or three guys on the ball in a zone. And if you got guys that can find shooters, um, you know, it's yes. lights out. But I thought, exactly. you know, West Virginia, if they could have put together, you know, a second half like they did in that first half, man, it, you know, they, they would have been they were right there in it in the mix, man. Yeah, definitely. They were in the mix, but like, if I look at the first half, it was the Sean McNeil show. So basically, we would have needed him to double his points. Dude, 40. And he would have had that 40 piece. Because exactly, he only had four in the second 40 half. Points yeah. <laughs> for it to yeah. even be close. I was hoping it would be like a, a more well-rounded front. Like, all right, Sean shot the ball better than he shot it the last like few games. So maybe Derek Culver and and yeah. well, Deuce played. Deuce played like fine. He played like steady throughout the entire game, like quiet nineteen type deal. But like Asha Shibway, Emmett Matthews, yeah. COVID, we expect these guys to like lead a little bit better scoring wise, and it just never came. Especially Taz, Taz Sherman, who like me and Rob talk about like scoring the ball. He came in and like had two points and only shot four shots the entire game. Like he couldn't guard anybody tonight. So it was it was just a tough a tough outing against a really good team. And I'm just going to chalk that up as the Big 12, you know? It's the Big 12. Yeah, bro. it is. It is. Rob's going to man. You know that. Rob's going to try to make it seem like I, I I did something wrong. It's the Big 12. <laughs> West Virginia is still a good team. Rob's not going to get me in my feelings. We're good. <laughs> hey, Jeff, Jeff, what, what he was referring to is I, uh, whenever West Virginia is losing, I text him as if he's one of the guys on the floor. Like, if they fall to West Virginia <laughs> Rob guilt me. He's like, "What are you yeah, guys doing?" And now I start, yeah. I start sweating. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I'm not out there, man. I'm watching it like you. I'm watching the game. Nah. He's like, "What are you guys doing?" I can't believe you guys. Did you, did you notice? I'm like, "What are you talking about? What did I know? What's going on?" Uh, so, 
Rob's I'm awesome. Forever live with you, man. Exactly. <laughs> forever. <laughs> All right, Hawk. Let me uh, I, let me get one more thing from you, and then I'll let you get back okay. to whatever you got to do tonight. Just so I know that you're around that program and you talk to those guys. Did you see this kind of season coming from uh, from Christian Brown and, and Jalen Wilson? Because I feel like those the uh, Christian Brown a little bit. I, I expect yeah. it's only because like Bill told us. Um, told us back in like October, he's like, Hey, watch out for Christian. Like that kid's going to yeah, be good. For sure. But like Jalen Wilson, like I didn't necessarily expect this kind of year from him. Um, like, so, so what did you, what did you hear about those guys in the off season? And, and did you expect this kind of season out of them? You know, obviously, you know, from, you know, hearing from what I've heard, you know, obviously with Christian Brown and, you know, coach, like you said, coach self said it back in, in October that, you know, he, he really thought that, you know, Christian had even jumped up, you know, you know, a couple of notches even from last year. So, you know, he was really expecting, you know, him to have a good season. And, you know, Jalen Wilson really wasn't that much talked about. He was early last year before, you know, uh, you know, he had a split injury. And, you know, so many Kansas fans just all over the board were loving him. They were loving him. You know, then he had his injury and came back. And um, you knew that he obviously uh, had the ability to compete at a high level. You just – we just hadn't seen it in a while. So um, I can say, like, I couldn't say that, like, I knew before, like, yeah, man, I knew Jalen Wilson. I knew he had the capability of of playing the way that he is now. And I probably wouldn't even say I knew he had the capability of playing this way, but I don't even can, I don't even think I can say I thought that he would be, even be playing this good. So um, I think that's just, you know, two big pluses that they have right here. And I think they even still got some icing on the cake with Abaji, man, because he's still been – He's been playing solid throughout this whole time and hasn't been, you know, really talked about. But um, he's been the most consistent out of the Jayhawks. Yeah, he really has. Um, they, and they've they've been really good. Uh, I mean, me and Deshaun talked about this on uh, was it Sunday? Maybe last night. I remember. We yeah, Lisa. How uh, how they just keep winning games, and, and at some point, you know, you have to give them credit for winning games when you know that they're not right. And it felt like tonight was kind of. Uh, something of a get right night for him. So um, it was good. Yeah. To I'm glad Kansas uh, kind of hit their ceiling a little bit. Jeff, have you, uh, how much did you watch other hoops tonight, man? You, you want to hang around to chat about the, the rest of the country? Uh, I, to be honest, I really, I really didn't, man. Cause I was watching my, my, my little one. And then I had a uh, open gym today with my high school. So I was, right. I've been, I haven't even really had, I, I got all my stuff on record right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was trying to watch some scores a little bit as the uh, as the KU game was going on, but I was actually actually at the KU game as well too. So oh, there you go. There you see. go. And, uh, uh, so it was hard to right, kind man, of. Well, uh, well, I'll tell you what. If you uh, if you want to go watch, go give the uh, the Missouri game. Um, fire that one up on the DVR. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't complain if I see a uh, Missouri struggling. I'm sure they think the same way about Kansas too. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Um, all right. So, Deshaun, what was uh? We, we had some good games tonight. We had NC State knocking off North Carolina. We had Texas Tech knocking off Oklahoma. Uh, we had Iowa just finished knocking off um, Purdue. They won by 15 in that game. Purdue. Exactly. What was your uh? What, what was your? What were, who were you impressed with? What was your, one of your biggest takeaways from tonight? Um, honestly, I checked a little bit of the uh, Purdue game out. I wanted to see the matchup between uh, Luca Luca Garza and um, my guy uh, Travion Williams. 
I I got a chance to watch Trevion Williams play. Uh, I want to say last week, and I never seen him play before. Big with uh with amazing touch, handle, great passer. So I was excited to see like that matchup, and it really wasn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> right. Hey, like, hey, hey, Sean, we got a we got a special guest jumping on right now. You ready? You ready for this? Talk to me. You ready for this. Oh I, I wow! Wow. Special. Wow. I'm not sure I'm special, but. Um, <laughs> Listen, I, I just want to know how you're feeling, Deshaun, after that. Like, like shit, bro. <laughs> you think, you I mean, like, think I played. Like, the two bigs <laughs> were, were, like, invisible. Absolutely invisible in that game. Doster had them going for, like, 40 and 20. And uh, they were non-existent. They were non-existent, man. And I kind of – I wanted to kind of play back to what I told Rob in the beginning of the season, how Kansas was being downplayed tremendously. Before the season started, I remember yep. just explaining that thing. And it's interesting. Like, no one's talking about Kansas. They talk about Baylor. They talk about West Virginia. No one's talking about Kansas. I think they're doing this on purpose so Kansas <laughs> can have a good season. And voila, they're playing great. So, Listen, but, uh, if they shoot it like that, if they shoot it like that, they can uh, they can go to the Final Four. I'm not, I, I still don't know if they can win at all. Like, I if they shot it like just, that against Gonzaga, they would have beat Gonzaga. <laughs> yeah, no, they would. Right. No they would have beat Gonzaga yeah, if they shot freaking sixteen for thirty-three from three. <laughs> Shut well, up. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they play Gonzaga, Gonzaga's not going to sit back in the zone and put everybody in the lane and just let these guys have wide but open. But they gave up. Series. They gave up eighty-one anyway, Rob. So it doesn't really matter at that point. Like, it, yeah, giving up. Hey, you know what? You know what like, else they did? You know what else they did? They scored one hundred and two <laughs> points. <laughs> Touché. West Virginia Touché. would need two argue. games to score that many points. Guess what? Well, who? <laughs> West Virginia? Or Can- or Kansas? West Virginia put up 102 points. I, I like mean, but we're not debating West Virginia beating Gonzaga. Like that, either way, we, we're a great defensive team that did not play great defense tonight or rebound. And we got uh, we had a guy that was hot tonight, but the rest of the team didn't show up, and we didn't win the game against a great Kansas team, obviously, that shot the ball great. I mean, what do you want me to do? I, they've won nothing but close games this year. They beat great competition. They lost one game. They're not what you would expect of a Kansas team, but still, they still find a way to win. So, and you, they, said, you said you said what I want you to do. I want you to lace them up. I want you to put that jersey on. I want you to get out there. I want you to get a hand up on the shooter. Okay. Not on these damn knees. Not on these <laughs> knees. <laughs> not on these knees, Rob. All right, so uh, uh, NC State knocked off North Carolina tonight. Um, Jeffrey, you got any takes on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the big thing is those Carolina guards are still young, and 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 Roy loves the bigs, and the bigs are good. Don't get me wrong; yeah. like Sharp's gonna be really good. I think Kessler's gonna be good, uh, but those guards just aren't ready. And they, what they're missing, the biggest thing that they just do not have is a wing with size that can just go get one. They don't have it. Leaky Black's not good enough for you? No, he ain't bad. He ain't bad. <laughs> like, he's a good piece, really, coming off the bench. Yeah. But I like their young guards. They're just not ready. And, again, they don't have one that can just go get a bucket and, and have that length. Like, I'm trying to think who that, you know. Isn't I mean, that like a Harrison theater? Barnes? Like a Harrison Barnes type. Yeah. Don't you think that's the theme this year for like a lot of the top teams in general? Though? Like the youth in their point guard and two guard spots yeah. where they, yeah, Duke, the team crumbles Duke, because of it. Duke, Kentucky, Carolina, but but Carolina's got the most around 
at least those young guards. At least they've got Garrison Brooks, who isn't great, yeah. but he's a veteran big, and they've got four bigs, which Roy loves. Um, you know, I, I just I, – listen, yeah. I don't think either one of Carolina – I think NC State's probably a tournament team, at least. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that Carolina team – but it's funny. You say that, and you, you say, like, I don't think they're great. I don't think they're a Final Four team. Just watch. Like, at the end of the year, you're going to have a couple teams get in the Final Four that we all looked at and said there's no way in hell they're getting there just because of the year it is. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. if Caleb Love ends up coming good and can, can, ends up being a guy that yeah. um, can hit his ceiling, you know, once we get into the heart of ACC play into February and into March, then North Carolina certainly has the pieces to make a run. Yeah, you know, it's not that hard for you know, – RJ Davis can make shots, right? Like, Leaky Black can make shots at the very least. And they do have some yeah. other guys on the bench. Uh, the Walton kid. Um, yep. And um, I, I'm blanking on some. Uh, Playtech. Playtech, Playtech yeah. can make a few shots. He can yeah, come they in. can make, they can yeah. make but shots. But just a few, though. They don't, they don't score that well. No, they don't, but they don't. They don't really need it, man. Like, if Caleb Love is a guy that can get you, uh, let's just say, like, 15 and 5 every night, right? And then you have all of those guys on the front line. You really just need someone that can, can make the shots and space the floor. And then you're good. Like, I, I'm not saying that, that that will allow them to beat Gonzaga or to beat Baylor, yeah. uh, but that will allow them to uh, beat a lot of teams in a year where it seems like there really isn't anyone that is all that good outside of the top two. So if you get mm-hmm. that shooting right and Caleb Love comes good, then they can figure it out. And, like, the thing about this season that makes it so weird is that all of these teams right now are kind of like what we would expect them to be in, like, late October, right? Right as the season's starting to uh, to come around, as they're starting to figure things out, and they're going through some of their preseason practices. So it, it really does kind of feel like there are going to be a lot of teams that come out of nowhere to get a lot better than we expected them to be. And it's just, it's a weird season, man. I think it's really what it comes down to. I mean, yeah, given the circumstances, I would expect this to happen. I mean, no preseason, no, the, the things that they're accustomed to having set up for them, we're not set up for them. They get thrown into games. Games are canceled, postponed. Like especially is, the freshmen, right? Exactly. Especially the freshmen. It's not going to be easy. It's not easy having freshman guards anyway. So to have these freshmen get thrown into this, I feel bad because Cal predicted it, and everybody's oh shut up and just play. And now everybody's like oh well. Hey Deshaun, <laughs> Deshaun, what's your take? Did you see Cal's comments on on the freshman Cam Fletcher? No, nah, I didn't even – actually, I did not hear about that. What did he say exactly? He, he called them out basically publicly. You got to look at look at Cal's Twitter account and look yesterday. Um, but he basically called out this freshman, Cam Fletcher, and basically said he's hurting the culture, so he's going to take some time away from the team. I'm interested – you obviously played for a, a, a guy – uh, who is tough, tough love. I mean, yeah. and hugs. We know that. And Cal's, Cal's the same way. They're actually pretty close, hugs and Cal. Yeah, they are. They, they like to give each other shit, um, but they're pretty tight. I, I went off on Cal. I, I just think it's complete bullshit to do it on a freshman who's played six or seven games. Now, the kid, the kid had some kind of bad body language at the end of a game a couple of games ago. Um, he's not a highly recruit, recruited recruit for them, for Kentucky. Um, so I just – I thought it was just Bush League to come out publicly. I said it earlier today with Rob. Yeah. I was just curious your thoughts. You, I'm, take a I'm look reading it now. I'm reading yeah. it now. So what I feel like – all right, how can I put this? Like, obviously, at the end of the day, 
we are not in the locker room as much as Cal is with these right. with this player with yep. Cam. So we don't know what the ins and outs of uh, what Cam has been doing, how he's been acting. But to your point, there's still there's still uh, there's still team law here. And if you expect these players not to go and run off at the mouth about yeah. everything that happens yep. in the locker room that and everything that happens within the culture of the team, then that same thing is supposed to be reciprocated from the coach, especially he's the head of the snake. Like he can't 100%. go and go on to Twitter. That, Rob, didn't I say that exact thing earlier today, this morning? Yeah, yeah, more or less. You said it yeah, a lot. Like you can't, you can't, you can't preach leadership and then do That's stuff right. like this. So I think it's frustration. Deja. Yeah, it I is. honestly think it's one in five frustration that Cal has never had. And now he's starting to get some people, even in Lexington, getting on him a little bit of like, hey, what's happening here? And one of the things I've heard now for a while is he's not getting after it on the recruiting trail like he used to. Yeah, he's not. I guess he's not so. working I mean, if you look at the team, you can say that. <laughs> but, I mean, they're, they're getting talented players, like highly ranked guys. But that yeah. doesn't mean shit. You got to get the yeah. right ones. You got to get the right guys. You got to make sure they can fit your system and you right. coach them and you develop players. But once again, if you're selling people the dream of uh, I can get you there for one year and get you out and you've seen me do it before. And now they're just expecting this like whirlwind of a makeover on their game. Well, I, I think I actually think it's an interesting point, Jeff, because what we've seen over the years is that like Kentucky always happens to not go after the guys that seem to be a little bit problematic, right? Like Cliff Alexander, for example, he was, what was he, like a top five recruit, the best yeah. guy in the country, and he never yep. really was looked at by um, by Kentucky. And, and there were lots of guys like that, that that just kind of like, for a while, it was if, if you weren't getting recruited by Kentucky, it's like, okay, why? What's the red flag there? What should we be concerned about? And now it's, it's you know, I, I don't want to – I don't want to trash like BJ Boston or Terrence Clark, but it does seem like there's a lot going on there. If that makes sense. Right. I, I, I don't know how, how well they're liked within that locker room. You know, it, there's, there's plenty of rumors swirling about yep. what's going to happen with them soon next, but um, it does feel like this is a situation where maybe Cal didn't necessarily get the best crop of, um, of, of recruits, like in terms of how they would all fit in the locker room together. And, I do think there's something to be said for in what could be a lost season, just deciding like, hey, you know what? I'm going to run a couple people off here because I'm going to I'm going to make the statement moving forward that if you are not buying into what we want to create in terms of the culture and the atmosphere within our program, then we'll just get rid of you. And and it's not necessarily a play for this season, uh, but it is something that he can say like. I don't want to say like as a threat, but it's it, it's a way to make sure that people understand. That you come to the school, you're you have to buy in, or we'll just get rid of you. It, it's, I, I just I bet guess. he gets more involved. I just bet he gets way more involved from here on out in recruiting. I, I think he's going to work harder where he let Kenny Payne, Joel Justice, some of those guys um, recruit a little bit more, and he was he was not as hands on in that process. And obviously, listen, it, it'll be more interesting because in this past year. You couldn't see kids. So, yeah. you know, ultimately <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what they have coming in next year because I think it was, well, harder in some respects, but easier in others because nobody was going out. So nobody was like out recruiting people by going out flying 3,000 miles just to show their face in front of kids. It was more just Zoom calls. And really, like anybody could do the, the allotted number of Zoom calls from their house. 
Yeah. <laughs> The allotted so you, number of Zoom. That's the most 2020 thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the number of Zoom. Calls. So if it was you, if it was you guys, what do you, what would you suggest? Because I mean, obviously, he's. It seems like he's uh, burning a bridge with Cam. But do you think that he would you suggest him burn that same bridge with BJ Boston and the rest of the team, or should he just keep this team? He won't. They're too highly rated. He can't do that because exactly that's losing that would burn, that would NBA player. Him. Cam, yeah. Cam, Cam isn't losing an NBA player. He's not well, good well, enough here's, to play. Here's, here's my question, Jeff. If if it gets to the point, like let's say that they end up losing to Louisville, right? And it gets to the point where it's like, okay, th- we're not coming back from this, right? Is there something to say for getting rid of guys that don't want to be there and just going all in on the likes of Keon Brooks and Devin Askew and players that are going to be there next season as well? And just letting them play and seeing if they can figure it out. Like if it gets to the point where you know you're not getting to the NCAA tournament this year, why not just try to get guys ready for next season? That's what I'll, I was give, you, I'll give you one better. I'll give What's you one that? better. If you're a Terrence Clark and you're one in six, do your people tell you, "Hey, you're just hurting your stock. Let's bail." And I'm just using him as an example. Uh, let's get the hell out of there and just train for the rest of the season and work out for you know for teams try to get get our stock back that way oh and maybe how would you how how do you it says how the 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 guy has a foot injury and he's going to be uh out (laughs) indefinitely for two to three weeks yeah like that i feel like that's (laughs) just like that looks terrible in my opinion who knows if you can if you can fool the scouts go ahead by all means fool the i'll I'll tell you this much though (laughs) i'm sorry to cut you off and, and i'll let you go after this but i'll tell you this much um from the the nba scouts that i've talked to it's like BJ Boston's already done damage to what his reputation is, mostly yeah. because like he yes. came in as a guy that was supposed to be a scorer um, that that needed to learn how to do everything else, and then this year like he's he's not really scoring all that well, but he's exactly. also not doing everything else. Um, Terrence Clark, like the the lack of a shot hasn't really been there. There's concerns. Uh, there were already concerns about um, attitude, I guess maybe. But what's, what's well, the uh, personality? Yeah, maybe, is that the best way to say it? So. Yeah. He, he, was hor- he was horrible when I watched him defensively. Horrible in in at Brewster Academy. Uh, I know a lot of his teammates weren't thrilled playing with him. From what I was told, you know, I like Terrence off the court. I just think he's got some maturing to do, and I think a lot of these kids do. And I tweeted it the other day. I actually think this adversity is going to be good for a lot of these kids if they fight through it. Now. Again, yeah. a lot of them, a lot of them are going to go to the league anyway, and they're going to blame it. Their people are going to blame it on Cal and Kentucky and go to the league, and they're still going to be picked, whether it's late first round. I, I don't see any of them. To be honest, I wouldn't take any of these kids right now in the first round. None of them. No. You wouldn't take Terrence Clark or BJ Boston in the first round. I would not take Terrence Clark. So what team? Like no who chance. needs who need what team needs them? Right, I take I take BG, I take Brandon Boston late in the first round and just put 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 him in the G League, put him in the right organization and hope second contract he can be good. I, that's what yeah. I do. No, I I get what you're saying. I think that's a little too harsh that you wouldn't take them in the first round. I wouldn't take Terrence Clark in the first round. I think you're crazy to take Terrence Clark in the first round. Right? Okay, now. that yeah. Well, I I guess you wouldn't take them versus they're not going to get taken in the first round. They're two very different things. Because yeah, someone somebody will take right. Right. I mean again, somebody will take Terrence Clark in the first round. You're probably right because he looks the part, he's gonna go into workout and he'll make enough shots. I just think it's it's a train wreck. Like to me, I just think you gotta work with Devin Askew. 
I think that's your only chance at this point, not putting Davion Mintz at the point, not trying Terrence Clark at the point. I think you just got to suck it up and try to lift Devin Askew up and try to lift this, you know, instead of going tough love with all these kids, I think you got to be a little bit adaptable to personalities. I always said this about Jim Calhoun. Like Jim Calhoun, I don't know if you remember Alex Oriaki, Deshaun. Yeah, I do. Alex was like the nicest kid in the world, too nice. And mm-hmm. I remember going up to Calhoun. This was like Alex's junior year. And and I had known Alex since he was in the eighth grade. And I said to Calhoun, I said, Jim, like, man, you got to try something different with this kid. It's not working. Your tough love is not working. This kid needs you to put your arm around him and lift him up. And Calhoun just couldn't, he couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it. And I think Calipari is similar in some respects uh, where he knows one way. And it's that way with pretty much every kid instead of adapting and saying, all right, you know what? I got to treat these kids all a little bit. The best coaches to me are the ones that adapt to each kid and their personalities and know the right buttons to push with each kid, not just one button for everybody. Yeah, I I agree with you. Like that's very big because you you can't, I mean, it's more than one way to skin a cat, man. And if you're trying to, uh, get something done, you're trying to win games, you're going to have different personalities, different everything on the team. Like, people are going to be thinking all kinds of different things. And just to be able to be – to reach into those individuals and get the best out of them in different ways, I mean, that's the most productive thing to do as a coach. But like you said, a lot of people don't do that. They just know their way, and they want to bulldoze through things. So, All right, I'm off. I'm going to let you guys continue. Um but I'm listening, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. All right, Jeff. Talk Jeff. to you later, man. I'll see you in the morning, Rob. Unfortunately. Deshaun, <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to you want to you want to invite some people in here and take a question or two, and then get out of here and call it a night. Bam, bam. All right, sounds like a plan. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna invite a couple people in. Hold on, uh, Greg Waddell, if you want to come in. What's going on, man? So I see Greg Waddell there. Oh, cool. There he is, Greg. What's up, man? Yo, what's up, guys? Thanks for getting me up here. I don't know if I missed any of the instant reactions to the Kansas-West Virginia game, um, but w- would love to hear Deshaun's thoughts. We actually we do a locker room room on betting stuff, and I gave out West Virginia as my favorite pick today. So <laughs> I, did I, I did, too. I did, too. I was expecting the front court to be like a huge mismatch for the Mountaineers, but, man, Culver was not there today. Yeah. Um, just like I was telling Rob earlier, man, uh, it was very disappointing. I thought the that was going to be a mismatch that they could use. I kind of feel like West Virginia isn't uh, good with changing things on the fly. I feel like when as a basketball team, once like when I played at least as a professional, when you set a screen and you get a guard on your back, whatever play you're running, just stop now. And now it's time to take advantage of the mismatch. And they had those mismatches during during this game, and they didn't really take advantage of them, which kind of edged in the edged in the advantage of Kansas. And Kansas, obviously, the way they shot the ball, the way they rebounded those those misses and and made more shots, it was. Uh, I mean, you're not going to beat Kansas in the field house without st- getting stops. <laughs> it's just like you're wasting your time. So it was a uh, it was a tough to uh, watch, but I'm sure the Mountaineers will figure some things out. The man hugs. Uh, He's notorious for uh, stern film sessions. So, oh yeah, <laughs> I believe that. 
so I'm also curious. I haven't watched a ton of West Virginia this year, but I've been box score watching. I saw they played Gonzaga really close, and then I just yeah. caught their their game against Iowa State earlier this week, and then this. Yeah. What do you think? Like, what's more true to this team's actual form? Are they going to be a team you think like can compete for a Final Four this year? Uh, I think they have the opportunity to. Um, what they normally do, uh, what they normally really uh, their bread and butter is, is obviously what they do in the, the boards offensively and defensively. Um, now, their defensive actions, they, their principles, they need some work. They're still gelling in that, in that, in that scene, but they are getting better. They're, they, I will say they have like – they got the majority of the same team back, but they still have a bunch of guys that really are, aren't – like they've never been there. They, never, they don't have anybody that's been into the tournament before. Yep. They don't have anybody that's experienced or into that, in, in that scene. So they still – they have a new group in a sense. But um, if they get to – if they were to go to a Final Four – they would have to pick up their shooting like in a perimeter. Like it, it just needs to be better. Like tonight it was cool. Sean shot the ball great. McNeil did. But like we need a, a more well-rounded front to beat good yeah. teams. Like not even thinking about Gonzaga. Like we played Gonzaga close. But to even come close to even staying in games with teams like Kansas and Baylor, God forbid we got to get ready to play these guys. Like we can't have one guy in the perimeter, whether it be Deuce or whether it be Sean, just one guy shoot the ball well and then have our bigs not play well or have our bigs play well and then us not shoot the ball well in the perimeter. Like We need a more well-rounded front. And as of right now, it seems like it's lopsided offensively. Whether it's one group, it's like either it's the bigs doing well and the guards aren't or the guards are doing well and the bigs aren't. And we need to figure out how to make that a little bit more well-rounded. I feel like I said, rebound and defense were there or getting there at least. But the other, the offensive end is uh, kind of the inconsistency in that is kind of killing us. Yeah, my, my take on that, Greg, and I know you, you weren't asking me, but I'm going to jump in and I'm going to give it. <laughs> yeah, Greg, he's the pro. Ask him. Yeah. He knows. Um, so my, <laughs> my, uh, my big thing with West Virginia is like, I, I absolutely think that they have the talent to compete with anybody in the country, right? Like we saw him hang with Gonzaga and, and, Anyone that listens to the Deshaun and I pod knows that I'm, I, I think Gonzaga is uh, like a truly special team this year. So I think they can compete with anyone. But the problem is there there's going to be a night at some point where they, they have nights like this, where they just can't get the ball inside or the defense isn't working or um, they're not making shots from the perimeter. And when that happens, like there, there's not really a, like a plan B for them, right? They kind of do what they do. And if it doesn't work, then they're in a little bit of trouble, I feel like. So yeah. um, I, I think that they – it's weird to say like they have the talent to compete with anyone, but it's worrying to like pick them to go to the final four because they're, they're susceptible to having a bad night. Does that make sense? hundred percent. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like they got the parts and they're still so young is the thing too, right? Like theoretically, a lot of these guys could be back next year. I don't know how much they're on the NBA radars, but interesting team. I'm going to keep my eye on them for sure. Thanks for getting me up here. I'm going to jump back down, but I uh, appreciate you guys. All right. Thanks. Uh, thank you. Uh, bro. Uh, Deshaun, we got one more. Carter Elliott was, uh, was was in the chat talking before, so I'm going to let him uh, jump in to see if he wants to ask you a question. Uh, Carter, hey, what's, what's going, going on, on, man? How you doing? Hey, what's going on, guys? How y'all doing? Good, Good man. Bro. How you doing, bro? Doing all right. So, Deshaun, I heard you uh, 
say that Kansas is a great team, and I kind of just want to dive into that a little bit more. <laughs> so do you think they're great challenge <laughs> Baylor for the Big 12, or do you think it's Baylor's to lose at this point? Because, I mean – Baylor's to, be, to lose, bro. Is it, <laughs> I mean, because I was down on Kansas going into the year, but they kind of showed me something a little bit this year, especially when they go with that small ball lineup with Jalen Wilson playing a little bit of the five. But you yeah. don't think it's Baylor clear right now? No, nah, it's a clear Baylor thing. Like Baylor plays nine guys. They have five guys that, like, average double figures. Like, this is Baylor's to lose. Um, what I what I will say about Kansas is what I thought before the season started. Looking at the team, the guys the guys were very talented. It was just – I wonder why everybody downplayed them so much. And they were, they were bigging up Baylor so much that I was, like, I was confused because I know Kansas and Bill Self always keep a good team. Getting a chance to see them against Gonzaga – I saw how I saw them at the their most inconsistent. Like they weren't shooting the ball well. They right. did everything they could to stay in the game. They even came back in the game, and then they ended up losing a, a, to a really good team. <laughs> you know, a really good team in college basketball right now in Gonzaga. And then everybody they've played so far has been close. And I just, you know, looking at this team, like they win close games and they play, they they play within themselves. I mean, they're still. Like and they have the certain guys that are killers in their team that they they use to shoot the ball. Like I was expecting Marcus Garrett to be more of a dominant offensive force in the beginning of the year. I remember telling Rob, "Hey, I think he's going to be an All American if he can step up scoring." Blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. But watching these games this past the, the what their past eight games, like like uh, Christian Brown um, is a gunner in their team, a Baji gunner in their team. So you don't need. You don't need like guys like uh, Marcus Garrett to go out there and try to get 20, 30. I mean, it'll make it easier for Kansas, but you don't need that because they already have other guys willing to just go out there and score the ball that self-trust. So then you have guys like Marcus Garrett who goes out there. He makes three threes tonight, and he can almost – I won't say coast. He didn't have to, like, force the issue. Like right. in other games where he was forced to, like, make a play and he couldn't. And he was getting a shot blocked out of bounds. Things like that, like – I feel like Kansas is getting a good grip, like a good grasp of who they are. Like they know which yeah. guys are going to be their scoring guys and which guys are going to go out there and set up offense and rebound and help, like all that stuff. Like they're getting a, a good grasp of who they are. Right. Especially because them guys were in rhythm tonight. I mean, exactly. Coming off, coming off them screens. Unfortunately, I, unlike Greg and Rob, I was on Kansas. Uh, I, a little stat <laughs> I think West Virginia is 0-8 since they joined the Big 12 while playing at Fog Island Fieldhouse. So yeah. I, I thought the magic of the fog would kick in, but once they started going under screens and them guys got in rhythm, it was it was kind of tough. They they really got in the rhythm in that second half, especially with, you know, Brown, Brown and uh, Abaji hitting shots there. So it was a tough game. That Kansas team is good, though, for sure. Yeah, especially yeah. in the in the field house where the referee isn't paid. I, I, I firmly believe the referee hey, isn't hey, paid. Hey, I'm, all, <laughs> hey, I'm all about that. I'm, I've already been looking to look. I already been looking to launch an investigation into Wisconsin. Please, you can't win at the cold center. I'm telling you. I'm that uh, man. <laughs> Let's talk about it. But uh, I appreciate y'all answering my question. I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop down. All right, man. Well, listen, Deshaun, this has been fun, man. I, I think we found uh, we found something here. I enjoy this locker room app. So, yeah, me as well. Um, me as well. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll do this again a couple times a week, and uh, we can just drop the uh, the audio in the podcast feed. So uh, thank you everyone for hanging out with us. This was fun. If you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, please give us five stars, give us a rating, give us a review. Say something nice about us in the comments. I need that ego boost. I lost a couple bets tonight. You know, I'm not feeling too good, so I need, I need that to to help Jeez. me out, to boost me up, and. Uh, 
Always a pleasure, guys. <laughs> this was fun. Thank you.